This is Chris C., and this is episode two of Corona Conversations. If you missed the first episode, this is a new podcast, and we're going to be taking some time to do what I think we're made to do, uh, which is look up. Um, We're all in our homes, and we're hunkered down. We're doing the right thing. We're staying at home, keeping people safe, keeping family members safe. Uh, But because of technology and the big world that we live in, we are still made to, to lift our eyes beyond our own problems and circumstances and Uh, If you're like me, I got so tired of cleaning this week. I thought I was going to lose my mind. I finally got one of those robotic vacuum cleaners and it's going to make life better because I'm so tired of cleaning up constantly. And uh, but when I can not just see the pet hair on my floor and I can look up and see, hey, what might be happening in other parts of the world? And so today I'm really excited to have two of my dearest friends, um, two women that I love and respect and enjoy um, and I'm so excited to have a conversation with them and to learn a little bit of what's happening uh, in their homeland, in the Holy Land, in Israel, and the Palestinian territories, and learn more about what's happening with our friends there. Today we have uh, our really special guests, Lisa Moed and Christina Samara, and I'll talk to you more about how they've become great friends. Uh, they are a unique pairing. Um, Lisa is Israeli, and she aliyad from the United States, from Michigan, uh, to Israel, where she was in the travel industry, uh, ran a company called Tra- Travelluya that she continues to run today. Uh, Christina Samara uh, leads uh, a family travel business, Samara Travel, that uh, caters often to uh, to people all across the world, Germany and places especially, many Christian pilgrims uh, that come and journey uh, to the Holy Land. And they came together to partner uh, a Palestinian Christian and a Jewish uh, woman and businesswoman and leader, and they've come together to say, we, uh, we think we could do some things together that we could never do alone. And it's the reason that I take people to, to Israel. Um, we get to do uh, experiences uh, that really balance uh, both sides of the story. And uh, their company is called Breaking Bread Journeys, and that's exactly what we do. We eat great food and we drink great wine. And we get to know people. We make great friends. And it's hard to believe. Uh, I was just talking with them that I was just there six weeks ago with an amazing group from Ecclesia. And uh, six weeks ago, uh, the world seemed a little bit more normal. And it's entirely different. So, Christina and Lisa, thank you so much for joining uh, me and taking some time. It's really fun for me, actually, to get to introduce you to uh, to some great friends far beyond the many, you have hundreds of my friends that you know because you've hosted them. So I would love to hear from both of you. Tell me, how, how are you doing? Um, what What's happening there in the Holy Land these days? Hi, Chris. This is Lisa. Um, well, first of all, thank you for uh, bringing us onto this podcast and letting us uh, talk with you. It's very, you know, it's just, it's so encouraging because if there's one thing about this coronavirus, it's, you know, we're all sealed up in our homes and, you know, it can be very lonely. And to have this kind of a conversation with somebody halfway around the world and a really great friend from an amazing community, it's, um, it's encouraging. And I, and I want to just thank you for that. Um, and just every, you know, and, and, um, and, and so it really means a lot to me and I I know it does to Christina Mm -hmm. as well. Um, as far as here, I can just on a personal note, um, in our home, um, my son, Eitan, was in, uh, was in South America, and we got him on the last flight out of Buenos Aires oh, last wow. week on Monday before they closed down. Um, 
And my daughter was in Vietnam, you know, here post army, a lot of kids like to go and travel the world. And so she came home a week and a half, a week before. So she got out of isolation yesterday and he's in isolation for another five days. So, you know, so I've been cooking just like you've been doing for for them and bringing (laughs) it up and living outside the door. Um, So we're, we're obviously feeling it. And, um, you know, Israel is in total lockdown. As of last night, we can no longer um, uh, go any further than 100 meters from our home. So I did five miles today, but I went 100 meters to one direction and 100 meters to the other direction running. Um, um, but, uh, you know, two to the food, at the end of the day, you know, we're all healthy yeah. and uh, we can get to the grocery store. But obviously we're doing a lot of deliveries here because nobody really wants to to risk, you know, anything, even though people are being really good about social distancing, at least in where I am, it's, um, I don't know how it is in other places. I've, you know, on our news, you can see that in some of the very, very religious communities, there was, um, there was a real disconnect on what does it mean to social distance. Hmm. So, um, uh, we're hopeful that that, um, has changed since they put in the new rule as of last night. Um, I think overall we've got about, I think over 2,500 cases in Israel and I don't know, maybe over 70 or 80 in the Palestinian territories. I'm not sure what the numbers are today. Um, and we've, we've lost five people, which I I know is, uh, you know, relatively speaking to the U S and other places is a small amount, but, um, you know, and one in the Palestinian territories as of yesterday. Hmm. Uh, but, um, you know, who knows, who knows what the trajectory is going to be. We don't seem to have enough, you know, like the states, enough uh, ventilators. Yeah. Um, but uh, so far, I think out of the 3,000 or so that we have, 2,000, I think they're using like 700 and they're looking to try to get some more. Hmm. So that's what I can kind of tell you. Um, I'm sure, you know, Christina? Yeah, I'm I'm here too. Yeah, uh, in a very similar situation, like everyone else in this world, uh, in lockdown at home for the past two weeks. About um, also here with my husband and my two teenagers. Uh, luckily, they're taking it very well. They're each uh, busy with doing their things and uh, playing PlayStation. Uh, my daughter is listening to music, talking to her friends. Luckily, we have internet and electricity. Um, they're doing e-learning for the past uh, week or so. And I'm very happy to hear that the schools have decided to continue the e-learning. There was a short uh, time, two days, when they thought it's not working. Hmm. They wanted to give up the Ministry of Education, but then they said, no, let's uh, go ahead and do that. It's good for the teachers, good for the students, even if they don't get to learn all the things like in school, but at least they, they'll keep the teenagers and kids busy, entertained, and yeah. um, a bit of a quiet at home when they're doing their classes and homeworks. So it makes it easier for us as parents to keep things quiet and uh, keeping a routine into our lives. Uh, I also have my mom here, but she's in a different apartment, so we're taking very good care of her, not uh, getting close to her. Good. Like Basically, like everyone else in this world, uh, we feel like the coronavirus does not discriminate. It can get to any one of us. Hmm. It's very humbling, and you feel like you're 
of very little in this world. Like most importantly, is the health, the family, and uh, everything else aside for now. Yeah, yeah. It brings it brings us a lot of clarity. The clarity, right, can really be a gift, even though this is all so hard. So I can only imagine. I mean, both of you work in tourism, obviously. Um, so many of the people that you know, um, so many of our friends, so much of the economy in Israel. Um, you know, I said in the last podcast, I talked to Marcelo. Uh, Buenos Aires mm-hmm. is my second favorite city in the world. Jerusalem is my first, right? It's um, <laughs> I can't, you know, I can't go enough times. So for those that know me know, right. uh, I, I th- think and dream and pray and can't wait to go back. I was just there six weeks ago and I, I wish I was there. Uh, now, I wish the circumstances were different, but um, mm-hmm. but I, I can only imagine there are a lot of people suffering. Uh, they're, they're not able to work and probably don't have a significant amount of savings uh, to lean on in this yep. in this season. Yeah, Israel is very much, um, you know, a day-to-day. People tend to live much more day-to-day than, than they do in the United States. It's, you know, just the essence of how our economy is built, you know, in those small wages. Um, so tourism is, is, as you said, I mean totally dead mm. almost all the hotels are closed and and actually some of the hotels like the dan hotels have opened up kept a couple of their hotels open but they're open for people who uh have traveled here and need to be in isolation yeah so or be reworked as, as hospitals right now i mean everything everything that has to do with tourism has closed but then if you think about like even people who like walk dogs and people who travel and it's not just incoming it's also outgoing so Hmm. um you know it's and tourism represents a little bit over 10 percent of our economy so you can imagine the ripple effect um so it's it is really scary because even when things do get better it's not the very first thing that people will probably do especially with you know the unemployment that is coming you know hand in hand with this in in the united states and other places in the world you know we have to be i mean i not sure if it's going to be the first thing that people are going to be able to do once they come out of this. So I think it's going to take, it's going to take time. I mean, it certainly hasn't changed it from being an amazing destination. The question is, will you know, we'll hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll be able to, you know, come back, but it's, it's tough, you know, so in Israel alone last week, over 600,000 people filed for unemployment. We only Mm -hmm. have probably three and a half, four million people who are actually in the, in the workforce. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, and they're expecting that to go up to probably about the 35% very hmm. soon. Christina, so, do, yeah. we, do we know much about uh, our friends in, uh, in the Palestinian territories, how they're doing? Our friends in, in Nablus, you know, it, tourism is still a small part of the economy there. But when the economy has suffered so much, it's, it makes a big difference um, that there's no tourism at all. Um, yes, of course. Just like here in Jerusalem. Tourism has really stopped, and they're basically uh, sooner than Israel. They closed off all mm-hmm. the Palestinian territories on the evening of March 5th already. Um, they were very strict about it. They uh, sent out all the tourists that were still staying in the Palestinian territories out to the Israeli areas and then continue to leave, evacuate through Tel Aviv airport. So they were the first ones to actually shut down everything. They are in a very strict uh, lockdown. I'm in touch with uh, many of our friends that you know as well, Fatima, 
uh, and the Women's Center and uh, Cohen Husni from the Samaritans. Uh, mm-hmm. We're in touch uh, via Facebook and email and texts. Uh, they're all doing well. They're all abiding by all the regulations and taking precautions, staying at home. This is like the most important message worldwide right now. Stay at home. Uh, try to keep safe. Stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, everything else will uh, basically uh, settle itself later on. It's uh, very difficult economically, but this is more important right now to get uh, the people yeah. stay healthy and families stay healthy. Everything else can be worked on later on. It's a disaster all over the globe, yeah. uh, but we have to stick together and try to help each other out, um, do things, uh, reach out to people, talk to them. It makes someone's day when they get a phone call or a text message yep. saying mm-hmm. how uh, that we're thinking about them, even in the Palestinian territories. Yeah. One of the, one of the things that I keep hearing from our last group um, that was with us, you know, we we love our, our day in Nablus is just, it's life-changing mm-hmm. um, because, you know, so many people have stereotypes of uh, what they believe to be yeah. true, right? I think both of you heard the story when mm-hmm. I was uh, was there on this last trip. A guy was driving by and he, he went by with one of the Zatar uh, pizzas on his on his dash and I, he, he was close and I just pointed somebody in the group said I love that Zatar pizza and uh, the guy saw me point at it and he pulls over and gives me a piece of his pizza right um, I mean where where in the world does that happen right in Houston that, like this doesn't <laughs> well, happen they're known for the generosity oh just hospitality. this hospitality is just mm. um, it's just off the charts but one of, one of our favorite things is to visit the soap factory and I always tell people however much soap you get you're going to wish you bought more and this group now, hand washing has become really important, exactly. right? So, yeah. <laughs> so everyone is washing their hands with their soap and over and over saying, why didn't we listen to Pastor Chris? We should have bought more soap. And uh, because it's such a great pure olive oil kind of soap. So we had a bit of an idea. I don't know if uh, there's a way we could execute it, but we thought it would be a fun way to support the economy if we could find a way to buy some more soap from Nabla. So we were thinking like a thousand bars of soap. And uh, and then we would love to make those a gift from the Palestinian people uh, to maybe one of our favorite neighborhoods in West Jerusalem. Everybody needs soap right now. Um, so I don't know if there's anybody when things open up or there's a place to do that. Uh, but we would love to wire some money if we think we could pull that off um, or even to hire the Women's Center to make some food uh, for some of the, the essential workers that are there. Any way that we could support the economy. Uh, maybe offline we could converse and I could could wire some money to you so that Ecclesia could just let them know we're still thinking of them. And, uh, mm. and you know, we kind of believe we have a role in helping uh, be ambassadors for peace there. So um, I, I, I know if I could get a bar of that soap right now, I'd be thrilled. And uh, it's it's a gift that maybe we could find a way to share it a bit. That's beautiful. For sure, we can make arrangements and make phone calls and try to... Um, accomplish uh, the Mm -hmm. idea and to see how we can do it best after things open up and the roads open up and someone can reach them they can reach us good good any way that we can great idea any way we can support them we just you know we're all in this together right now you know and it's uh it's going to be a long haul and i hope we can just continue the conversation going if you would please pass on our love and blessings to um uh, to Bassam and Mahmoud and so many other guides that we've 
uh, we've worked with. And, you know, I think of people at the hotels that I love at the American Colony and the Scots Hotel. And um, I think of just, you know, at the American Colony, even the people that come and clean your room are the most delightful people you would ever want to meet. Right. And they're yeah. counting on tips and, and um, they're not working. And uh, a lot like people here, uh, you know, we got bartenders and people that cut hair. You know, one of the big jokes, right? right is like, what's our hair going to look like in two months? Like we're all True. we're all going to be cutting each other's hair. It's not going to look good. Uh, my poor daughters, they're beautiful college girls. If they have to count on dad to cut their hair, it's going to be really rough. So, you know, we're gonna we're all going to figure it out. But we have it could be worse. They could be counting on dad to, to dye their hair. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and we're also learning everybody's real hair color, right? So it's all going to right. come through here shortly. Nobody can fake it anymore. And maybe that's one that's, of the good things, you know. Um, well, you know, it's funny. You know, you know, strange kind of way. I think you know that might be a little bit of a silver lining. The authenticity that. Um, you know, at the end of the day, that's, you know, we yeah. are what we are, you yeah. know, if this is all much greater than all of us. Yeah. And certainly it allows everybody an opportunity to kind of huddle and say, look, you know, what's important and let me help, you know, that guy next door who doesn't have anything, you know, yeah. and as we're all in this together, for sure. Christina, we've been there um, in the Holy Land at times that, you know, we've known people that have experienced <laughs> loss. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's very clear, both uh, in in every tradition uh, in the Holy Land, that how you grieve and mourn is really important. People come together in really beautiful ways. One of the things we're already struggling to think through here is um, what does it look like to have funerals when you can't gather people together, right? So we we have a friend who used to be on staff at Ecclesia. His mom's currently in ICU uh, with the virus. She's on the ventilator. Uh, you know, I, I heard an interview with a pastor recently who had two people in one evening in his church both die uh, related to the virus. Um, and you think about, you know, how, how are we going to do funerals when we can't get together? What, mm. um, what, what are people thinking about that? Are they talking about that in Israel at this point? Um, I can comment about, um, um, you know, there were the first death in Israel was a man who was a Holocaust survivor, 87 years old. Hmm. and you know, dying from the coronavirus. Um, and a Jewish ritual is, there's a special Jewish ritual in cleaning the body, you know, washing the body before yeah. it's buried. But because of the coronavirus, there were, you know, a number of rituals that being one of the main ones that they couldn't do because of the virus. Hmm. Um, and, um, you know, it was uh, obviously at the funeral, they couldn't have more than, you know, 10 people attend. Yeah. And his family, I believe they couldn't come into town because they were, um, I think they were, most of them were out, either out of the country, but um, the, whole, the whole story was like kind of really just heartbreaking. Um, so yeah. yeah, I mean, you have a shiva. I've, I've known people who are doing like virtual shivas. Wow. They have a cousin who just lost her mother and she only had five people at her house where normally it would have been like. Yeah. You know, seven days of whatever, 30, 50, 100 people. And you have to have a quorum over. of 10, right? You have to have how many? You have to have 10 people to do, um, to say Kaddish. But yeah. um, my understanding is now the rabbis have allowed for this to occur, um, you okay. know, by Zoom, you know, okay. special circumstances. Yeah, good, good. Christina, well, do you also, have any insight? Also, the, the Christians, the same way uh, Christians and Muslims are like. 
uh, it's all it's on everybody's mind and it's someone's biggest fear that first mm. of all to have someone go into a hospital and be just alone without family holding yeah. their hands and being next to them uh, whether for the elders or the sick or the the their relatives that are outside uh, someone who has to stay away in this very difficult situation and then of course uh, in the matter of death and and uh, the funeral and all that everybody's thinking it's a, someone's biggest fear right now yeah uh, that's yeah. why we're really careful about the elders uh, most of them are not staying in their homes but with families yeah and everybody's taking well care of them. Um, it's people are turning to their faith more than before. People are mm-hmm. praying more than before. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it's always the, the the reality that when someone's in need and the going gets rough, uh, someone really turns into into praying and hoping and reaching Helping. out to God. Yeah. Yes. Well, maybe it can be one of the few good things that can happen, right? So, like, I've enjoyed, um, yeah, that our church, um, our services aren't limited to Houston anymore. We have, uh, Christina was a part of our our Sunday service this this last weekend, right? That we we get to share in that. And maybe somehow we all get to turn to God together in a new way. But I I do know, and and I really pray that, that God spares us of these kind of deaths because I can't imagine mm-hmm. what it would be like to not be able to mourn them uh, well and in person, uh, like you're saying, or to stay away from the yep. hospital would be, it'd be desperate. It'd be really hard. It'd be really hard. Well, I, I love you both so much. And, uh, and I'm going to schedule a zoom call where we can all pour a glass of wine and just, yeah. um, <laughs> tell some Drink stories and have your, have your husband's, <laughs> Uh, get on the call as well and have our kids run around to be able to do that. But I know that our friends at Ecclesia, our brothers and sisters all across the globe that are going to be listening to this will just benefit from knowing what's happening there. And would you please pass on our love and blessings to um, all of our friends there as you talk to them, just let them know we're thinking about them. And if we can find a way to share some soap or we can send some money and hire Fatima and the women's center to make some food for people just to keep them working in some way. We'd really like to do that as well. I will do that, Chris. We love you too. And we love the Ecclesians and all our friends. We send them all our best wishes and love from here and prayers. That everybody stays safe. Everybody stays healthy. Yeah. And uh, hopefully we can all look back one day and, and remember together uh, what a difficult situation this was. Absolutely. When we're on the other side of this, and yeah. uh, and Chris, uh, thank you, and thank you to everybody at Ecclesia. You know, we're praying for you guys too, and and we really appreciate you know you taking the time to kind of tap in, seeing what's happening here, and and it's really um, it's so helpful to know how much you guys all care, and uh, we wish you you know really good health, yeah, and uh, and to see you all very soon. Yeah, well, next year in Jerusalem, right? I mean, that's. Uh, well, that's, That's right. always Shana the prayer. Habab, yes. We That's do right. have a date. So right. we, you know, and we do believe, right? Uh, I mean, I I hear what you're saying. I think tourism it bounces back slowly, but I I think if I have a choice after we faced, you know, questions of eternity, right? And I'm like, mm-hmm. am I going to go to, you know, uh, a beach in Mexico or am I going to go to Jerusalem? Okay. You right? Am I going to? Mm-hmm. 
go to the place that's the epicenter of faith and life and hope. And, uh, and for Christian people, there is no greater hope than there. And what I have to tell people is like, it's the greatest hope in the world. It's this reminder you enter the story, but it's also the best food and wine in the world. And, uh, and it's the holy people I bring with me every time. So I'm still counting on next year in Jerusalem. So I'm, uh, I'm believing okay. and praying that and we'll keep working on our details and everybody will get healthy. So thanks for joining me. We're going to zoom together soon. I'm going to leave one last comment love and I'll call family. you. Yes. Love to yours as well. Please. All right. Talk Thank to you, you soon. You Thank bet. you. Bye -bye. Thanks. Bye. I hope you enjoyed hearing from Lisa and Christine as much as I did. Um, and today we can just pause and pray for our brothers and sisters in places like the Palestinian territories. They know what a lockdown's like. They actually have been in some form of a lockdown for many, many years. And, uh, and the economy and so much has been difficult there. And so we want to pray uh, for our brothers and sisters there. And I'm going to pray for you today. I know that we're still at a place that we're afraid and that we struggle. And yet in the midst of all of that, uh, God has a plan for us. So um, as we give and get to support the work that God's called us to at Ecclesia, uh, we get to share soap and pizzas and some meals and keep people working and we're not gonna lose sight of uh, our brothers and sisters across the globe and so we're gonna be gathering at least once a week sometimes twice a week to share these calls enter these stories and I can't wait to talk to you again God bless you and have a great day <laughs>